All right, motherfuckers. Welcome to Film Flam. We will be covering uh, college dropout Woody Allen's Manhattan murder mystery. Is a box true? office failure. Is it a, is true. That's interesting, actually. I decided, yeah, I wanted to focus on that rather than some of the other accusations that have been made against him. Because <laughs> this one we actually know. We know this one for sure is true. Um, and it's for sure true that this was a box office failure. Yeah, that's actually was surprising to me. I also saw that. It wasn't like a huge failure, like a bomb or anything, but it yeah. seems to me like his films are not too expensive. They should probably recoup their costs, but maybe, you know, he was in the tabloids around this time and stuff like that. Maybe that had a negative effect on the, the box office. Uh, oh, really? That was way back then? That oh, yeah, dude, this has been going good. on forever. The only reason it's like a big deal now is because everything repopped up from the Me Too movement and people are like oh well oh. yeah we're getting harvey weinstein out of here let's let's take out roman right. polanski and woody allen as well to me the weirdest part about that was that he had a daughter named dylan <laughs> <laughs> that is so horrible uh, yeah so that actually this actually brings up an interesting point though my question to you to start this thing off was mm-hmm how good are you or how easy is it for you to separate the art from the artist i think it's it's one two three okay sorry you got that Uh, that's it's it's easy it's totally easy capiche how about that um so there's you have no trouble in separating you know woody allen the person from woody allen the the artist, the rapist. actor. <laughs> oh, well, wait, are you, are you saying because of all the things that he did? Yeah, a lot of people legitimately will look at his films or Roman Polanski's films or even somebody like, I don't know, Louis C.K. And their enjoyment of the work is yeah. heavily affected, like detrimentally from this right. meta narrative of real life seeping into the artwork. Right, right. Well, also, Woody Allen is innocent, right? Like, from... I was reading the Wikipedia. It seemed like it was kind of relatively decisive. But maybe I don't understand the full context. I I actually, like, I'm not sure. I'm not going to, you know, make a judgment call either here or there. But Uh, either way, he's a controversial figure. True. So we can just leave it at that. Well, I guess we'd have to talk to the, the woman, Dylan, to figure that out. But... Um, I know. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think it kind of depends on the particular role or, or type of art. Um, like if it's, if it's something, it feels like the person's actual personality or, or some part of what you're getting out of it is having a particular image of who the person is, then I think it's a bigger deal. So for, I, I can see a little bit more being, not being able to get into, uh, like Louis CK's standup as much if um if you feel like you're getting sort of a sense of him as a a relatively normal guy who's like not doing things that are pretty but and, and like self-aware i guess a normal and self-aware guy um that being said for me I, I i feel like a lot of people i feel like there's some people who are actually bothered by it and it detracts from their enjoyment of something a significant amount and then i feel like there's a lot of people who just if someone does something wrong, they don't want that person's work appreciated and they don't want them getting money or whatever. And so they just, there's this sort of moral push to not have people be enjoying the works. But uh, I don't really 
fall into either of those categories. So I can't I can't think of any specific like piece of art that I've been able to enjoy less because of um, how the people are. I, although I will say, with certain not film uh, or not film related, but music. So I, I'm a pretty big fan of rap, and if it does feel like the because yeah, a big theme in rap obviously is this like violence and whatever sexism, a lot of stuff like that. And if that if that feels like actually genuine or the person is known to have actually been in gangs and shit like that, sometimes that can take away from it a little bit for me. But besides that, it doesn't bother me. Also cut some of that shit. That was fucking all over the place. It really was. I was just sitting here thinking like, what the hell is he doing? No, I'm joking. That makes sense though. That's very interesting the way you put it. For me, there have been certain times, like you mentioned with rap or music, there's other controversial figures there, like, I don't know, R. Kelly or Chris Brown or something like that. So mm-hmm. it, you're saying that if those controversial ideas are not necessarily in their art, then it's easy for you to separate it. But if it's there, then it's like, okay, I'm getting a little icky feeling here. Well, yeah, yeah. That if like If appreciating the art is somehow dependent on viewing the person as as being a moral upstanding person or having some sort of perspective like i feel like a lot of louis ck's stand up for example he's commenting on things sort of as himself and he's putting these perspectives forward and um and you're you're relating to him on that level and then if it turns out he's actually kind of a shitty person that kind of changes that but with music i feel like that's often less the case interesting i think that makes sense uh for me i agree with woody allen and something like manhattan murder mystery it's pretty easy for me to see woody allen the personality the comedian the actor the you know artist and i'm not like super in his personal life and i don't try and like research all the terrible things he's done you know, I'm not necessarily directly supporting him, I don't think, by pirating his movie and doing a film <laughs> podcast about it. So I don't really have any moral or ethical squeamishness about appreciating this work of art. Although I will say when there's something like Manhattan, his film, that hits a little more close to home, where in it he's like dating a 17-year-old girl, and that's like one of the subplots, mm. then it starts to be like a little bit iffy where this art (laughs) seems to be hitting too close to what I know about controversies uh, in his personal life. And it can actually detract from the enjoyment, I think. But there is a fine line. Like I'm not suddenly like, oh, I hate this movie Manhattan. It's not a great film, which it is, of course. But I'm also not immune from having that detraction of enjoyment, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and to the extent that people actually feel negatively affected by it and they can't appreciate a work of art in the same way because of um, how it makes them feel. I think that's totally reasonable. But trying to suppress good art, I, I don't I don't like that at all. I honestly find it somewhat unhuman or something. Like it's not, I, I mean, first of all, if, if you're to take that standard and apply it consistently, you're not gonna be able to appreciate almost any art from history because of what a lot of the artists were were like. And also, I think the artistic merits can sort of stand on their own. In, in the same way that you could have a scientist make some breakthrough 
uh, um, and yet be actually just a total piece of shit person, you wouldn't throw out their discovery um, or not use the insight. You still would, uh, just while acknowledging what they were like. So, yeah, I'm all for appreciating beautiful and good art wherever we see it. Dude, that's actually a great point about the scientists, and I think that's a pretty good analogy. And what you said about people, like artists throughout history, that's totally true. Like, I think uh, Wagner is like very famously just like the worst, shittiest person ever. But obviously he made like great music. It's fine for us to appreciate that. It would be probably different though if he had lyrics in his music that were like, I hate all Jews or something right, like right. that. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's a little easier for us to have this distance and enjoy it. The interesting thing about Manhattan murder mystery is that uh, Woody was like in a pretty publicized divorce from Mia Farrow at the time. It was like a whole big thing. And she was originally going to play the Diane Keaton character, uh, Carol, in the film. And Oh, right. Yeah, and so for whatever reason, I don't know if he fired her or she dropped out, but obviously he had worked with Diane Keaton in plenty of films before, Manhattan, Annie Hall. It's kind of interesting that that does play into this film a little bit. Yeah, that is interesting. So yeah, dude, tell me. I'm really curious to know, what did you think of Manhattan Murder Mystery? Yeah, Manhattan Murder Mystery, despite being directed by a college dropout, it was a pretty, pretty damn good movie, I thought. Yeah, I like. It, it felt to me kind of like a almost a companion movie to, to Annie Hall in some ways. But yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I think to me where it stood out the most was the dialogue. A lot of it just from... Woody Allen, just his his quips and all that, especially during times of uh, danger and shit like that, is pretty is pretty charming. I think it's also interesting to follow their relationship, and it's kind of making an interesting point about having to preserve a sense of adventurousness and whatnot with your partner, and also a certain mature approach to relationships. Like I think when I put myself in Woody Allen's shoes of the the whole thing that was going on with Ted and he didn't have total visibility into it but he he kind of knew some shit was going on I like I would feel like totally shitty and like kind of betrayed and would probably be kind of pulling back but I think the way that he sort of took it eventually as an invitation to engage more in his relationship and was able to get past that issue I thought was was pretty cool so yeah, yeah, I thought overall it was it was a fun movie. The plot was kind of kind of unique and I thought the way that there was this relatively dangerous situation that they were in, but it was light the whole time was was also kind of interesting, but um yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. I did too. I definitely agree that it's like it was fun, you know what I mean? Even though it's like about yeah. a murder, you know, it was definitely lighthearted and it's interesting that you compared it to Annie Hall because I believe that this script actually started out as a version of Annie Hall and they had like a murder subplot in that film. And obviously, as it sounds, it was too dense and complicated, so they took that part out and focused on the relationships, and then he had this idea kind of hanging around oh, since 1977 or whatever, and made it its own film. And I have heard, uh, I think one review that I read compared it unfavorably to Annie Hall, saying that their characters were basically just Alvy Singer and Annie Hall in middle age. And I don't think that's a mm. fair characterization, honestly. I do think Diane Keaton is playing 
a unique character, very much different from Annie Hall, and Woody Allen yeah, basically just plays Woody Allen in every movie he's in. Yeah. So like that's that's just a given. Like yeah, you said so many things, and I was like, oh, I want to respond to every single one of them. I agree about the dialogue. Um, a lot of like the quips and zingers that Woody Allen traditionally throws in his films were on full display here. I thought a lot of them were just mildly amusing, but definitely a good amount were were pretty funny and had me cracking up. Yeah. And definitely added to the lightheartedness. <laughs> that crazy scene I'll just bring up where they're in the elevator and shit is going crazy. It stops. Yeah. And then there's a dead body. And then the lights go out. And there's actually a lot of tension in that scene. And meanwhile, <laughs> Alan is just like, going full out delivering his classic one-liners so definitely helps to keep the the comedic tension yeah along with the regular tension and although this was like a fun lighthearted movie i definitely thought there was some drama and some some tension in certain scenes especially like in the first time where carol diane keaton's character goes to paul's house and is like uh hiding under his bed and stuff so do you agree with that oh yeah yeah. Did you feel tension in those scenes? Were you like a little bit nervous or you were like, okay, this is just kind of a black comedy? Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, I was like, this is not a fucking good situation. And I was reacting how Woody Allen was, basically. <laughs> like, dude, you got to stop fucking doing this. Like, this is this is actually sketchy. And then, yeah, in the, in the elevator too, um, I think there was another scene kind of like that where I was like, man, this is actually a fucking sketchy situation for them to be in. And it's... It's really not good. Totally. Like, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, well, Larry, Woody Allen's character, Larry, you should just, like, humor Carol and, you know, your wife just kind of go along on this fun ride with her. She clearly is yearning for excitement. But then, at, like, the middle section, I was like, okay, no. Now, Carol, you are, like, obsessed with this. It's gone too far. I'm, like, on Woody Allen's side fully. But then at the end, when they're both really connecting over... Uh, the excitement of it all. I thought it was really cute. And I definitely agree. It had some good things to say about uh, like long-term relationships. And I liked the arc that their relationship went on through the movie. And I thought the end was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad she didn't end up with fucking Ted. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that was actually an interesting, like, what did you think about Carol and Ted's relationship throughout the film? Uh, yeah. I didn't fuck with it at all. I didn't really I did not. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, I mean, I, I saw... It, there were obviously charming parts of it. Like, the fact that they were, um, you know, both really excited and kind of carefree about this this mystery. And so, like, it was... it was They were both kind of obsessed with it and trying to figure it out together. And, like, that was fun and stuff. But I did... It was not fair to Woody. And I think it was going too far. Um, and I, I don't actually think it was really all that comparable with... Um, his his relationship with Miss Fox, um, I, yeah, because he was just not really participating in that um, for the most part. Yeah, that was my take on it. Hmm, I somewhat agree. I do think it wasn't a one-to-one comparison, but they were similar situations in that Miss Fox has a line where she kind of expressed some romantic interest towards yeah. Larry. And then, of course, Ted was really, like, hounding for sure. He wanted Carol bad. <laughs> yeah, well, and I thought when Fox expressed interest, I think both times, so there, I think there were two times where she did it really explicitly, and both times 
Woody showed that he was focused on his wife, if I recall correctly. Like, there was the one where she's like, no, why don't we go get food now? And then he just got a call from his wife. I guess he didn't have much of a choice in that situation because I think she had she was giving him kind of intense news. But um, he immediately leaves to meet his wife. Another time when they're uh, when she's teaching him poker, he's just talking. She, she, there, there's another thing where she seems to express interest, and he just talks basically about how much he loves his wife. I'm happy to grant that Woody was not perfectly innocent. I I think it's it's much harder to imagine him and Miss Fox be um, ending up together in the short term, but it's pretty easy to imagine Ted and uh, Carol. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm glad it didn't end like that. It's more yeah. fun for me as the viewer to see that their relationship grows and overcomes these hurdles than to like see it break apart, even if that would be more dramatic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely agree. I did think that Ted, though, was a really kind of awesome character kind of fun presence definitely like pretty charismatic dude uh definitely a good yeah. foil for woody yeah yeah true and they're very very different guys um and yeah i totally i agree about their relationship and it really could have just kind of kept on a negative like it's very easy to see how the relationship would have ended up just ending with the way that things had been going um but yeah i think it is nice that they were sort of able to to turn the tra trajectory around. But yeah, is there anything more you wanted to talk about with uh, Ted? Maybe. I think for me, my interpretation in the beginning was that Ted was kind of more interested in Carol than the investigation. And why I thought that was mm. because he seems really interested in the idea of Carol opening a restaurant that's brought up a few times. Oh, yeah. And Larry is like against the restaurant, which I'm pretty sure is just a demonstration of how... Carol wants more excitement in her life and Larry is like really opposed to that. He seems very comfortable, you know, just like going to bed early and watching films on TV and being complacent. Right. So I don't know that she actually necessarily wanted to open this restaurant. You know, it doesn't end with her opening this grand restaurant. It just ends with her having had this really exciting adventure, which I think that's what she was longing for. And so I think that's yeah. maybe what she was also seeing when she was kind of almost flirting with Ted is that she wasn't necessarily interested in affair, but that that is kind of an exciting prospect, you know what I mean? And so she was just craving such excitement mm. that she was letting herself like pal around with this guy who's not her husband. And then of course, it ends up seeming to me that Ted actually was interested in the in the investigation and he seems to like uh, Miss Fox Yeah, and that uh, they, you know, they all have a grand old time working together on it so that ends up well so i think he he was uh interested in the, in the investigation too the whole crime yeah i agree but it, it was cool having uh all those four characters and how they played off each other that was one of my favorite yeah yeah, yeah i i agree sorry sorry to cut you off there but you just no do it reminded me that, that i thought it was really interesting the way Carol got upset after the the group of four were sort of working together and how she was sort of left out and yeah. she seemed to be kind of losing something there i think it was because she maybe she had less control over the sort of investigation that they were doing but also wasn't quite connecting with ted in the same way i'm not exactly sure what it was but it was like she, she definitely was the mem the like unhappy member of the group and i thought that was kind of an 
interesting sequence. Um, what was your read on yeah, that? Yeah, I loved that scene for sure. I think it was because uh, Miss Fox was really taking charge on that and giving like all of these ideas, mm. saying like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. I have the plan to trap him. And before that, it was really Carol like driving this hard while people like, especially Larry was a big detractor of her yeah. kind of investigating and stuff. And so then when Larry starts acting Mm. all interested in this other woman having these ideas she's like okay this is bullshit (laughs) and also like the guy who i've been kind of investigating with this is now like he was kind of interested in me and what i was doing and now all of his attentions are Mm. diverted onto this external source who like i don't even know who this person is great point you're my husband's is editing your book or like what is going on here and so yeah i think she was feeling left out also just a little bit jealous of both men yeah great point i think that's a perfect summation and yeah miss fox was uh she was kind a of fox. foxy <laughs> yeah <laughs> now we have the same the same joke i thought that the movie really like kind of found its heart when larry kind of replaces ted in those investigation parts yeah yeah and at first carol is like oh i wish ted were here and all that stuff which was crazy by the way like hearing that what that was really interesting for me because i was like holy fuck like how do you say that to your husband like with all the stuff has been going on and you're you're yearning to be doing this with Ted instead of him, and you're just like happy to openly say that. But then Larry really does take it in stride, and he'll say like like no, not Ted, not Ted, like it's not Ted, and then just just keeps going in a way that I think is really mature and yeah, and that I would frankly struggle with. Interesting, yeah. I mean, he, Larry definitely knows that something's going on. He even says to Miss Box yeah. like. I think my wife is developing an attraction to another man. But it's really all just like subtext. He doesn't know anything is going on. And when she says that I wish Ted were here, I think she's just talking about the fun investigation partner. Because I don't really think she's actually interested in the romantic Ted partner at all. Hmm. And it's because Larry is like being kind of annoying and he's not fully game to like actually do this investigation and like you know have fun yeah, yeah, being yeah. enthused and all of that and so maybe she's trying to like rile him up and be like well if ted were here yeah i agree that when she's saying it it's not out of it's not like a statement about being romantically attracted to ted but with the general context of his perception that she is developing an attraction to ted i still think that would be um hard to hear is is kind of my point yeah he is more boring than than ted, than ted for sure in that in those instances so i don't know about even more boring he does seem like uh an interesting guy you know he's he's very funny he says a lot of like clever things all the time and has a lot of energy it's definitely just not focused in a like fun or a productive way it's very like negating everything she wants to do but that just makes it more satisfying when they become much more harmonious towards the end yeah, agreed. Any other characters that you want to talk about? Did you notice that there were two Sopranos characters in this movie? Absolutely not. Yeah, so one is Hash, the murderer. That's Hash, also sometimes referred to as the Jew in The Sopranos. Classic. Um, he's a, a yeah confidant of Tony Soprano. Not um, anti-Semitic who, yeah, at all. Not anti-Semitic. We love Israel. The other one, and this was more... This was a little harder to spot, but Janice, 
uh, Tony Soprano's sister is the maid in the hotel. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch that one. That's cool. Did you notice that there was a, uh, a Zach Braff cameo in one scene in this movie? I wouldn't, because I don't know who Zach Braff is. <laughs> He's like the main guy in Scrubs. He's like a oh that guy comedic actor. Yeah, he okay. plays their son in, in one scene. And I read that he said, when I watch oh. this scene, all I can see is the fear in my eyes, which is actually hilarious. Wow, I totally did not recognize him. Yeah, definitely. I think the other thing I wanted to mention is that I really liked Diane Keaton's character and acting. Carol, she was great. I thought she added a lot of zest in the movie, and the actress was clearly having a fun time. That she was probably the, the heart and soul of the film. And I enjoyed her presence. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair. And she really does drive a lot of it. Yeah, there, uh, a couple more small things for me. I thought uh, when Larry is trying to, he's, he's like, all right, move out of the way. Like, I'm going to bust down the door. And, <laughs> and like, he starts shouldering it. That briefly reminded me of Charlie Chaplin. Just like the size and the sort of ridiculousness of that, I thought was... Uh, was kind of funny and yeah that was funny and, when he goes yeah. must be one of those new doors so like, yeah yeah yeah, that was great yeah. there yeah there are a ton of lines like that i i wish that we had come prepared with some of our favorite lines because there were just so many from from larry and and i would say i kind of like his character i mean I, well i definitely like the character but i'm not totally charmed by his personality it's sort of hit or miss for me but um, he did have a lot of a lot of great lines. Oh, wh- maybe one of my favorite lines was this was kind of funny in a more subtle way. But when when they're with uh, what is it, Miss Hood or Miss House at the beginning, yeah, and they're and they're having coffee, and I think this I think this scene starts of their their log while they're sitting drinking coffee, and she says, "Well, we never had any children, but it's easy to empathize," <laughs> which yeah, I thought was pretty good. Wait, I don't even. Why is that funny? Well, just because I feel like people are always like, people who don't have kids to people who have kids are always like, yeah, I just can't even imagine. Like, it, it's, oh. they always like stress, like, like, yeah, oh, like, I guess I can kind of see it, but I, like, I obviously can't imagine what that's actually like. And then, and then just like, there's the total opposite, opposite. Like, well, we never had any children, but it's easy to empathize. Yeah, okay. I guess that's slightly amusing. Well, I thought it was very funny. Oh, one other thing that was nice is they were seeing double indemnity. In the, yeah, dude, I the, wrote that down. Was, I thought of you. They were, went and watched yeah. double indemnity. It's a great film. And then uh, later, oh, we shouldn't get to the end yet, but they intercut between uh, another film in the in the ending sequence, which is oh, really cool. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about how the film was shot mm. because a lot of Woody Allen's movies, I feel are very serviceable in their directing, editing, stuff like that, where I'm not really, like, noticing how artfully the film is made. It's a lot about the dialogue and the acting and yeah. the scenarios, scenes, comedy, whatnot. But this one, I was actually impressed. Maybe because it's one of the... You know, he had been making films for 20-something years at this point. Um, but there were a lot of... I think like handheld cameras. Somebody said steady cam, but it was so shaky. I was like, how is this steady cam? <laughs> but a lot of handheld close uh, camera work, a lot of long takes, a lot of things where characters would move to different rooms and the camera would follow them in interesting ways. There was a scene where Ted and Carol are in that like park talking about where the restaurant will be, which I think it's cool. They totally mm. forget that 
subplot by the end of the movie. I like that. Um, camera is like moving and kind of photographs Carol between these two branches of the tree that I thought was cool. And then finally in the end, there's like really awesome shots where Paul House is like reflected in mirrors and these all these mirrors while it's intercutting with the famous yeah. mirror shootout scene from the Lady of Shanghai. And I'm sorry, I'm saying so much, but the last one is when they're at this weird like industrial plant where they're like metal melting yeah. and stuff like that. There was a lot of cool stuff going on with like the lights and just how it looked. And I just thought it was a cool for sure uh, set and a cool place to have a scene like that. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, th those are all great points. I honestly didn't really notice the the shooting. What's, what's the word you would use for that? The camera work, maybe? Okay, yeah, the camera work. But now going back and looking around a little bit, yeah, the, the unsteady shots are actually very interesting. I do feel like, yeah, they, they seem fitting, at least in some of the scenes. And yeah, I do agree that the most, well, the, yeah, the two most visually stunning shots were at the uh, industrial plant and then the shootout in the uh, like mirror place right and i've never like heard somebody say like woody allen and visually stunning in the same sentence like <laughs> right, that's crazy right. to me so that's kind of impressive that this movie has it is like artfully made at the same time as being kind of a cute crime caper mm. that's neat that's one of the reasons why i appreciate this for sure yeah let's talk about the uh phone call scene where they're like playing all the tape recorders I thought I, oh, I loved yeah. that scene. Yeah, that was that was sick, and just showed how far we've come technologically. That was, that was funny, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's true. I mean, yeah. Now that you're mentioning that, especially when they're editing it, and they have yeah, like they're being like really intense about it and it's taking a while. Now I could just record that digitally and like swoop swoop in garage band or something in one minute and have mm. a doctored audio like that. So that was definitely cute to see. But when they're actually doing the scene where yeah, they have all these different tape recorders and they're playing it. It's at once. It was like tense and like hysterical, especially when Larry has <laughs> just like feet upon feet of yeah, tape, yeah. like all balled up and rolled. And he's like, you know, having a hard time with it. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kira was dying at that part. <laughs> just watching him him like that. And yeah, it was tense, though, because you're, you're really that's when you're going to actually hear verbal confirmation from whatever the fucking guy's name is. Hesh, like confirming that he actually did do it um, and and trying to trap him in it. Uh, so, yeah, that was I thought that was a very cool scene. Yeah, and then I liked how, I mean, okay, so I've seen quite a few Woody Allen movies. I've seen probably like a dozen or more because he's made mm. 50 films, I think exactly. He's made like about a film a year for about 50 years. And so I've seen enough wow. to know like, okay, this is a pretty like mid Woody Allen script. He's got his regular things he likes to talk about, relationships and death and you know existential things or whatnot and he's just kind of playing around with familiar themes but i've also seen enough to know like okay this is a fresh script it has good ideas it is like taught uh and so for me this was definitely i was like okay Woody Allen's got a good script this time. The naturalistic dialogue, I thought, was really great. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think it's clever how... Not even clever, just like it's solid where the kind of crux emotionally of the film lines up with the plot of the film. So when Paul House kidnaps Carol, that's also right when Carol and Larry are in 
the most fraught part of their relationship. There's been a lot of like build up to it, but they haven't really had mm. an outright fight or gotten upset at each other. So they have a fight. Carol goes off alone to the house. And I just knew, I was like, of course she's going to get kidnapped. He's going to be there, like, waiting for her or something. And so with bated mm. breath, I waited until, of course, yep. lo and behold. So I like that, that those two things coincided. And I think that was one of the indications to me, besides the dialogue that I liked, especially I liked how people were talking over each other and they would start on one tangent and then come back to another thing they had talked about previously and stuff like that. And I just knew everything wasn't written out word for word. So a lot of that is the acting playing off between the two uh, main leads. But that was one of the things mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, this is the crux of everything plot wise and emotionally. And then of course, everything resolves in the end at the same time. Even though, so I'm sorry, I'm saying so much, but the actually crime yeah. itself wasn't yeah. super like cool or special or whatever or anything. It was a little bit convoluted and I wasn't like, wow, that yeah. was an incredible plot. But obviously like that's not what it was really about. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't, I agree, but I wasn't disappointed by it. Same, yeah, exactly. How did you feel about that last sequence where like one of his two mistresses shoots him behind the uh, projector screen or film, whatever the fuck it is? Yeah, that was, I mean, it was pretty fucking sick. It was like, felt like being in a film noir movie for a minute, which I guess, I mean, you kind of literally are. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a fucking sick scene and it was very distinct from the rest of the movie in a lot of ways really i mean it's one of the most tense for sure it's one of the most suspenseful um and just the whole the whole vibe of it um and the whole visual of it is very unique and i think but it, it fit really well into the plot um so I, th I think it was cool that he was able to to pull that off and it was it was rewarding to watch yeah did you love like all of the mirrors and everything because i thought that was sick oh yeah yeah that was super cool uh we should watch the lady from shanghai because just seeing those scenes intercut in this i was like okay this movie looks dope bro orson yeah I, yeah i agree i agree fuck yeah dude okay um yeah what else anything else you want to mention about uh, this movie it, it really was, as we've touched on, just a very a very cool combination of relatively distinct things. Uh, yeah, in terms of like it was pretty fun, but it was also like kind of kind of a crime movie. Also had some insights about married life. But yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, totally, I agree. And uh, what? How would you compare this to the other Woody Allen films you've seen, like Annie Hall? Hmm, it's tough, and that I think Annie Hall is the only other Woody Allen movie that I've uh, that I've seen, but. I really enjoyed Annie Hall a lot. Yeah, I thought that whole the whole trajectory of the relationship in in that movie was was really interesting. So that's that's a little and I yeah and the like the opening scene is so good. Um, and there's I feel like the the witticisms from Woody Allen in that movie I feel like are a little deeper or more meaningful. So I think on the whole I I preferred. Annie Hall, although this is definitely a, a lighter and more fun and overall positive movie. So I think it would depend a little bit on my mood, but overall I think I would, I would side with Annie Hall. 
Okay, yeah. No, I definitely think I'd uh, probably agree with that. I'm actually glad I, ch- I changed it to this movie from Bananas because we were, were going to do an earlier uh, Woody Allen just kind of straight comedy. And I think we would have mm. actually had nothing to talk about. And we've been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was funny. Um, this scene was funny. This scene was not so funny. <laughs> and like, that's it. And even Manhattan Murder Mystery, like we don't have the depths of the very human soul to plumb or anything like that. We're both like, yeah, it was fun. There were these things we liked or whatever, um, but it's not the deepest thing. So I'm definitely glad because there is definitely probably more substance here than something like bananas, which is literally called bananas. (laughs) So like how deep could it be? Um, But still, you know, I enjoyed watching this movie and I'm glad I did. It was one of the stronger Woody Allen films I've seen, I think. He has some less good movies for sure. I just watched this one. Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm like plays yeah. the the Woody Allen character. And uh, it was pretty good, but like oh. not nearly as solid as this film. It was just like kind of a cute trifle, which when you make 50 films, you know, you're going to have some that are not as good. So this one is definitely towards the top right. for me. Yeah. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm, gl- I'm glad you switched as well. Okay, you want to hear some, uh, just a couple uh, Letterboxd reviews? Yes. Letterboxd review number one. <laughs> this guy rated it four and a half stars, and his entire review consists of the words in all caps, middle-aged, neurotic, New Yorker, Scooby-Doo. And I think that's somewhat accurate, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and actually, I think we should mention the music a little bit. The music was pretty, pretty nice, and I especially loved the opening song, like uh, "I Love New York" or something like that. Yeah. Um. It really, yeah, it really. Or I happen to like New York. That's what. It, that was just. I'd never heard that song, and I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great. It really set the the stage and the mood in a really nice way. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like that song, too. I like a lot of his music choices. But to me, that was just added to his overall fetishization of New York, which is rampant in, like, every one of his movies. And uh, uh. I don't really, like, relate to that necessarily. Um, yeah, you're a small-town boy. I, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it was still, it definitely did set the scene, as you could say, as you said. <laughs> As you could say, and as was. <laughs> All right, this girl did not put a star rating, and I don't know if this is positive or negative, but she says, if I had the opportunity to fight Woody Allen, I would take it. I Wow. I don't know the subtext to that. Nathan rated this film two stars and says, Woody Allen is the worst actor I've ever seen, I think. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree. I mean, I guess, it like, I can kind of see a way watered-down version of that. I mean, the way he's still talking a bunch of shit while they're in truly dire straits is, in my opinion, not really that believable. But it's it fits the vibe of the movie better anyways, so... Yeah, plus that's more of, yeah. like, a screenwriting, directing choice than the actual actor, right? Which is also him, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, yeah, so that's all I got. Do you have a movie queued up for next week? Next week, Ikiru, watch it, folks, and join us as we discuss it. Thank you to the whole Film Flamly. Peace out, Film Flam. All right, Film Flam, baby.